1: Welcome to episode 107 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. By now you know me. I'm your host, Kevin Monroe. And once again, I'm honored that you, yeah, you, are tuning in to this podcast. Today we're joined by my friend Mike Sipple. I met Mike late last year after he launched the TMI Podcast. Now you're going to have to hold on and we'll let Mike explain what the TMI Podcast is all about. Mike's a passionate leader and he's a guy that's committed to the pursuit of higher purpose in business, leadership and life and probably one of the best things I can say about anyone I can say about Mike. He is a lover of people. Join me in welcoming Mike Sipple. Well, what a treat to welcome a fellow podcaster, Mike Sipple, who is host of the Talent Magnet Institute, right? That's the name of the podcast. Yes,
2: that's correct.
1: You know, that's TMI, right?
2: I do know. You can never have TMI on leadership, is what we say, Kevin.
1: <laughs> so, Mike, welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast.
2: Thank you so much, Kevin. It is such an honor. I love your passion, your desire for people, and am so thankful that the team at One Stone Creative introduced the two of us. That's right. Then we identified how closely our circles intersect. So that's right. It's an honor to be on with you.
1: <laughs> so folks, we we talked about One Stone Creative, they are the folks that do the magic after Mike and I stop recording in our podcast. Yes. There are all those things that happen that I don't understand, I can't explain, but I'm glad they do. So all right. <laughs> a shout out to our teams.
2: That's right.
1: So I want to say this, if you are a listener to the TMI podcast and you found your way here to check out this conversation with Mike Sipple and me, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I hope you both look around and stick around and find something else you like here and become a listener of the Higher Purpose podcast. And you listeners of the Higher Purpose podcast, I want to invite you to check out the TMI, the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. So, Mike, we're just going to have a fun conversation today. But before we do that, I know gratitude is a way of life for you. So what is it in this moment that's causing gratitude just to rise up in your life?
2: Well, Kevin, I am very thankful to have amazing mentors who constantly keep me grounded on what, if you're not careful, will pass right by you in life, right? Mm -hmm. So so many individuals have encouraged me to enjoy the journey Mm. Despite how tough sometimes the journey can be, that is where some of life's greatest lessons come from. And so that's kind of where I'm living in right now.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Enjoy the journey. And this whole idea of mentors, people that help us stay connected to what's important in life. And Mike, while we're talking about gratitude, I just have to say a moment that the day this is being released is the day after we've just launched the third round of the Gratitude Challenge, right? and you, you, my friend, you and our mutual friend, Steve Brown, are, are guys that on a Saturday afternoon showed love to this on Twitter and just helped blow this up and bring people in, so I just have to say thank you for that, because that was just an act of extravagant generosity, so thank you.
2: Oh, it is our pleasure. It is our pleasure. I was excited to see it that day, That, wow, and it always catches people in the perfect moment, right? So an opportunity where by you saying, hey, I'm starting this gratitude challenge, who wants to join me was like, I need this in my life right now, right? So I'm joining it and I'm going to tell everybody else I know to check it out too. So thank you for being a bold leader to make that a priority for all of us who are participating.
1: You are welcome. You're welcome. So, Mike, I want to know something because, I mean, as I've gotten to know you, like you've got your hands in so many pies. So what's your favorite way to introduce yourself, the work you do to someone you're meeting for the first time? And, you know, hint, hint, some of the listeners here you are meeting for the first time right now. So how do you introduce yourself to them?
2: That's right. So typically what I share is Kevin, I am the owner of a family business. That focuses primarily in executive search, helping organizations and leaders become talent magnets. And we also have a co-working space that helps organizations and people convene and find a right creative space that's offsite to make the most of their time together. You know, ultimately, I'm a lover of people. Mm. Um, I love mm. people. I'm immensely blessed to have people, incredible people in my life who have challenged me, who have pushed me. Mm. And my hope is that I can pay that forward and make the world around me a better place for all people who live in this great world.
1: Okay. And then the one thing that I heard a lot there that I love, but one thing, where geographically are you doing all of this?
2: So we're in Greater Cincinnati, Ohio, also known as Newport, Kentucky. So Greater Cincinnati, Ohio, a 15-county MSA And I live just across the river. Our office is right across the river from downtown uh, in Newport. So I'm literally two blocks away from the Ohio River. And anybody who's passing through, connect with me and would love to sync up with you and introduce myself and get to know you.
1: Oh, absolutely. And if you're in that area and looking for a co working space, check them out. And I love this that in your co working space where you're recording from at this very moment, there is a podcast studio that others can use, right?
2: That's right. Yep. And we can even record an episode. Friends of Kevin can be a priority in the studio.
1: <laughs> I love it. Okay. So here's something. I'm just going to put this out there now. I'm coming to Cincinnati. We're going to do one live there, Mike. That we're yes, just gonna make that, that'll that be fun. Yep. So Mike, like me, and I've just gotten to know this about you, but you're always involved in conversations. Hmm. And many of those are around topics that excite folks like you and me and most of those listening and others may just kind of, what are you talking about? You know, this is new stuff you're talking about. So here's what I want to do in in this conversation. Just pull a couple of threads and see what happens and see where it goes. So I want to start here because you said something to me the other day when we were just chatting about creating cultures where people thrive. Mm -hmm. Let's start there. That's as much of a fun place as any to start.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'll share a little bit. I think it is our duty as humans, as adults, to create environments, no matter what that environment might be, whether it's in the classroom, on a sports field, or in a professional setting, or in a community setting, to set the tone where all people can thrive, all people can thrive, and that we're listening and creating empathy. So there are some areas, and I'll just unpack this with the phrase, the talent magnet. Right. So, the six steps to what we believe you need to do to become a talent magnet number one is being intentional. So, in order to help people thrive, you've got to be intentional. That has to be a concerted effort. Number two is stop and evaluate your culture now from the outside and the inside. Hmm. So, so many people think they know and have no idea. So, that's saying from being an executive search for, 19, going on 19 years. Actually, I celebrated my 19th year anniversary today. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. But you have to evaluate your culture, and you need to understand what that looks like. We say culture is defined by the thousands and thousands of interactions that happen every day in your environment, and the way people experience it, not the way you talk about it. (laughs) The other thing is, you know, caring, when you look at people thriving, you need to care that people are successful long-term and whether they're with you Mm. or they need to move on to become their best version of themselves, you need to care about those experiences. So yesterday I had an employee who reached out to me and was telling me how thankful he is that I invested in him. Mm. He's been with me for five years. He's in a recruiting manager of an organization right now called Wayfair. And he was thanking me for the experiences that we provided him here. And I hope to live that out in the marketplace. And that's helping someone thrive, whether they're with you or have to move on or decide to move on. And the other thing is your onboarding should be PA. Onboarding should blow people away. What can you do to make experiences so powerful? Mm that allows people to be successful in your organization. You know, we talk a lot about onboarding as a continual circle, whether mm-hmm. it's with the first three months or the first year, you know, every year brings new challenges and endings of chapters and beginnings of new chapters. And you're essentially, we believe you have an opportunity to make onboarding a constant and uh, helping and listening people into opportunity. So, just two more. We say let TIP lead your approach to employee development and retention. And TIP stands for let tip. So, uh, it should be thoughtful, intentional, and personal. Hmm. Helping people thrive is helping them achieve their best self, not just what you need from them while they're with you. Right. How do you be thoughtful, intentional, and make life personal for your employees? And then we say, be all in. In order to be all in, you need to ask, listen, and learn. Ask, listen, and learn. So, you know, again, a lot of people tell and a lot of people think they know. We're saying to to become a talent magnet, you need to ask, listen, and continually learn. So that's just a few areas where we believe you can help people thrive in their environments and in their life. And take it personal. Take employers and hiring managers and leaders, and people in the community, and to be frank, parents. Mm. We need to help those around us thrive in their lives.
1: Okay, so Mike, I love this list, but I'm going to dig a little deeper here, and you use a word thrive. I use the word thrive all the time. Another word I use with it a lot is flourish, and I have people that tell me, those are two soft words. What do those mean? You know, and I'm just like, you don't understand flourish. You don't understand thrive. I mean, to me, they're kind of, I get a picture, but what does thriving look like for those people that might be going, I don't understand thriving. Can you describe thriving a little bit?
2: Sure. So my thought on that, Kevin, I agree with you that there are people out there who don't get the softness of life, right? They don't get that
1: that's the journey. Well, that's the richness of life though, rich right? Life,
2: you know, I think for us, for me personally, it's a matter of looking around and knowing that the people around me are innately happy in what they're doing. And you know that what they're doing is contributing not just to your workspace, but to their personal lives, right? Yeah, I love a quote that Steve Brown shared in one of our podcasts that he and I did together, that it's okay to care about your people, right? It's human to care about your people. And we need to care about our people. And sometimes we have agendas. Yeah, yeah. Our agenda can get in the way of helping people around us really be their best self and achieve what they want to achieve out of life. Forget what you want, what you need them to achieve. Get to know their personal goals first. Yeah. Help that right. and they will help you reach yours.
1: Okay. So I've not heard Steve say that, but I love that. But I want to flip that a moment. And I want to say it's not okay to not care about your people.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah we both agree with that. We can fist bump virtually to that. Right. It is critically important that you care about your people. When I say that, I know there's listeners that might be going... What does that mean, right? I mean, I care that I have people. I care that they're successful in the job they're doing. When we say that, Kevin, when you, myself, Steve Brown, say that, we mean actually caring. Well, first Uh, off, we
1: mean knowing their name.
2: That should be a given, but we can start there.
1: (laughs) But seriously, knowing their name, knowing a little bit about them. Do they have family? Do they have... Children, are they a child? Do they have parents, right? Where are they at in this circle of life? Knowing something, what's important to them, knowing what lights them up, knowing what they enjoy doing when they're not here in the office. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so many elements to this. First, seeing them as a person, Mm -hmm. valuing them as a person, first and foremost, not valuing them as the receptionist, not valuing them as the accountant, not valuing them as the CFO. But just, hey, that's John, that's Martha, that's Barbara, that's Julio, and they're people. And we value them because they're people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I say, you know, people always have personal goals and objectives, not just professional. Right. And the more, the better you are at understanding their personal, the more you can understand their motives and where they're coming from. And having empathy in people's lives are critically important. Kevin, I was recently on a panel and speaking. And one of the discussions that came up was, this was not me saying this, (laughs) but I know many of us in the room wish that we could cut down on the noise from the employees who create noise in our offices. Mm -hmm. And we could just focus on those high performers that don't create the noise. And I stopped the panel. I shared with the audience. So I, a pause, I said, I have a comment. And everybody looked and I was like, you know, I just don't think that's what we're called to do. Mm. I think that we are called to understand the reasons why the employees who are coming to you that you say create noise, we need to understand what's going on in their lives and what they're wrestling with and what's happening in their personal life and our workforce to help them overcome, right? Help Mm -hmm. them come, help them achieve, help them find a solution. And that's, again, factors into the word thrive. You know, if you can understand the reason why the individual that you are getting ready to fire shows up late three of the five days a week because transportation is not accessible and they have two grandchildren that they're trying to get off the school, we'll be a little bit more empathetic and understanding. Yeah, And those are the kinds of things we need to be doing mm. in
1: Today. Okay, so there are two directions I want to go right now. And I'm I'm pausing a moment to see which one to go first. But I want to go back because you talked about step two. Were these steps were the six things? I don't know if there were steps, but there were a list of six things to be. Six steps. Yeah. Okay. Number two was to stop and evaluate your culture. And you said, I love this, that there are thousands and thousands of things that happen every day. But if somebody's wondering, well, how do we Assess? How do we evaluate? You know, so I'm going to ask you something as an outsider. When you walk inside a new organization, how long is it before you have a preliminary read on the culture of that place?
2: Mm -hmm. Great question. So I'm doing it when I get out of my car. Again, this is what I do all around the country and overseas a little as well. When I pull up to a place, when I interact, when I open the door, when I see how they respond to the mailman who's also at the receptionist desk with me, how the receptionist or office manager is treated. All of those interactions, I'm soaking up. I occasionally get to place. I try to get everywhere early. And I'll occasionally sit in the parking lot and then try to get in the lobby early before our meeting just to see how the interactions take place in an environment. As people pass one another, as people interact with one another. That tells us a lot.
1: All of those are telltale signs, right? Mm -hmm. So, what you're saying, and I've had this conversation with other people, I've been asked, seconds, seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a preliminary field. Now, you may find some other data later, but in folks, prospective employees, when they walk into your office, To apply for a job, they're having this same assessment. Is this a place I want to work? Customers or prospective customers, the same thing. Mike, it's not just me and you that are doing this. I mean, all these people, there are thousands of little signs that are telling people or letting people know this is a welcoming place, this is an inviting place, this is a place I want to be, or oh my gosh, did I come to the right place? Mm -hmm. So when you get into this more of evaluate, what are some of the other things you do? So this is just that preliminary and formal, but what are a couple of things? I don't want to, I mean, I know we could do the whole thing just on that, but just talk about a couple of the ways you help a client evaluate their culture.
2: Yeah. So a great question to ask yourself that I throw out to clients and or uh, prospective clients, is if you were interviewing with you, would you come to work here? Mm. And what would you want to tell yourself before you walked in the door? Yeah. And that always gets a little bit of a chuckle and then some quick, immediate responses. Yeah. You know, the other dynamic is talking about what people say when they leave. So mm. a real indicator for mm. us is how many of your referrals come from people who are no longer with you.
3: mm hmm.
2: People say, well, why would we care? Then that's an immediate focus for us to really zone in on the care of people. Those organizations and leaders who care about their people are crushing the competition. Mm-hmm. When you care about your people, people hear about it and want to work for your organization. And that is another telltale sign for us. You know, the other dynamics, and there's lots of resources that you can utilize from an external cultural audit. There's formal audits that firms like ours do throughout the marketplace. The other thing is executive 360s, when was the last time that you as an organization, do you proactively participate in 360 reviews and do you use an outside partner to do that? Hmm. We believe is the best way of accomplishing that. Or do you try to mitigate it inside and therefore may not be as much authentic data that you could be actually capturing? Hmm. The other big question is, do you do stay interviews, right? So a lot of people say exit interviews. People typically don't want to go out and leave a bad taste in anyone's mind. So the best thing to do is to have stay interviews, right? And to be proactive, Hmm. what we can do to help you continue to succeed and why do you stay here? What do you tell a friend if you bump into a friend this weekend at a cookout hmm. and they ask you, how are you enjoying work? Tell me what's it like to work in your environment? What's your honest response? What is your honest response yeah. to that question? So just some little anecdotal things to ask yourselves next time you get in the room of a group of people working in your organization that I think are easy ways to evaluate, you know, would I come to work here? Hey, this crazy guy on a podcast that Kevin Monroe's Higher Purpose Podcast was asking, encouraging me to come in this room and ask all of you, if you were to interview with our company, would you come to work here? What <laughs> would you tell yourself before you accepted a job? And start there and then give us the feedback. Kevin and I are happy to help you work through some of that feedback.
1: I love one more I'd add to that from my friend, Rich Sheridan, Menlo Innovations, wrote Joy Inc. And if you don't know Rich, I'll introduce you to Rich because you should have him on the Talent Magnet podcast because he is a talent magnet. But one of the things they have customers and outsiders coming all the time to take tours of their facility. They have outsiders or customers who want their children to work. For them, for Menlo, right? So would you want your children to work here? That's great. Because if you work there, but you wouldn't want your children to work there, that's a negative comment. There's something bad there, right? I don't that's want right. them. I'm putting up with the misery, but I would not wish that on my children. So,
2: and that's one of the things I think, accept it, accept, you know, that's the other thing with culture. When you stop and evaluate your culture, it is what it Yeah, is. You
1: don't excuse it.
2: Don't excuse it. Own it. If it doesn't sit right with you, then be the change. You be the change.
1: Okay. Now there's another word, and I'm not even trying to count, but I've probably heard it a dozen times off your lips. Do you know what that is?
2: I have a feeling I do, but I'm gonna let you get
1: care. You've talked about caring. You've talked about care so much. Mike, let's unpack care and why is care important? What does care? look like? What does care feel like? Let's talk about care and then we'll dig deeper maybe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'll start with this. And this, if people feel listened to and heard, they feel understood. When people feel understood, they feel valued. And people want to be cared for. They want to be valued. That means there's a lot that goes into being inclusive Inclusive and caring about people allows them to bring out their best. That's where innovation happens. That's where a quote unquote dumb idea takes your organization to the next level. You should be in an environment. I tell people, I tell my team all the time one, I'm a question asker. I love to ask questions. And I always, when I was even in school, I would be the one like, I'll ask the dumb question because I want to understand. There's no dumb questions, there's no silly thought, bring it to the table. When people feel cared for, they feel and feel valued, you allow them to bring out their best and thrive. You allow them to bring ideas to the table and provide feedback. You know, another comment on culture, if people aren't giving you feedback proactively, it means you've got some work to do. Mm. You know, that project that went wrong or that project that went right, if there's not ideas coming off of that, of how we can do it again and make it better, that might be a culture problem, hmm. not employees not wanting to deliver a problem. I would start with the culture first. But we need to care. I mean, we are called to care for people. Hmm. We are called to care for all people.
1: You were talking about being on a panel just a few minutes ago, and I know you interact with lots of CEOs and lots of other leaders in the organizations. Where do you see people falling on this understanding the connection of caring and the value of caring. And I ask that because as I'm talking to you, I'm hearing a line from Bob Chapman, CEO of Barry Waymiller, when he was on the podcast talking about the time he was at a graduate school classroom and a business student said, Mr. Chapman, and ask him, how do you justify all of this investment in people? And Bob Chapman turned the question around. He said, sir, did you just ask me? to justify financially caring for people, right? Do Mm. we really have to do a dollar and cents calculation? But for folks that are trying to figure out the business value of caring, the Mm. impact of caring, I mean, you and I believe it's the right thing to do and that we ought to do it because it's the right thing to do, but it also makes good business. Absolutely. So talk about the business impact of caring.
2: Yeah. So if anyone look up research that's been done on positive work cultures and you'll see a four to 500% greater stock price value, greater return on investment. So there's a lot of tangible impact on creating cultures of care and cultures that care. Cultures are cultures that care, right? So those that are investing in their people, we talk a lot about investing in our customers. Well, treat your people just like your customers. You want to attract them. You want to define what you bring to them. You want to retain them. You want to develop them. You want to help them advance. Do the same thing for your people, and they will in turn do that for your customers.
1: So, Mike, I'm really confused by people who don't see that connection. Mm. They want to take care of their customers, but they treat their employees like You know, one of those ugly words Mm that we won't say here because I don't want to get bleeped. No, they treat them like dirt or one of those synonyms. You can't do that. Right. The employee, the customer experience will never be better than the employee experience.
2: That's right. I was going to say, Kevin, you can you can decide to do that. And if you do, people will be happy to walk out of your organization into the organization that they hear cares about
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And care doesn't mean the soft side of care means that there's never confrontation. I would argue that some of the best care you can do is give feedback, including if that's telling someone, you know, I don't think you're suited for our organization. And here's the reasons why that can be some of the greatest care you could ever tell someone is help them If you know an employee is miserable because of the work they do or the disconnect they have with your organization, maybe the best thing you could do for them is to help them go find something else.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you help people struggling with what some people would, I'm going to use a phrase here and then we're going to go there in a moment, but tough love. So we're going to talk about love in a moment, but this whole idea of holding people accountable for results. Isn't caring. I mean, to me, that's nonsense, Mike. When you encounter somebody that is asking you that line of questioning and you're like, wait a minute, where did this come from?
2: Yeah, I think, again, that's the soft side where people just assume when we talk about valuing people and bringing out the best and helping them care that we're not holding them accountable. In fact, you could be setting people up for miserable failure if you're not holding them accountable. So holding accountable having tough conversations, being willing to manage conflict, not saying, oh, I care about my people, and then avoiding conflict like the plague is another way to basically prove that you're not living out your values of caring for people. Hmm. And I've seen that. I've seen that lived out. I've even had to work on that with myself. Several years ago, we did an organizational cultural audit, and we call it the voice of our team, VOT. We try to keep a numeric value on how we're doing as a team. And one of the things that was identified that, you know, might you avoid too much conflict, Mm. things that need need to be said. And these are employees taking an anonymous survey of my own. And they were right. I was afraid to hurt feelings. And Mm. by doing that, I wasn't addressing things that needed to be addressed. And that was not authentic. That was Mm. not building trust. Mm. That was not creating a culture of trust that I value. So it was taking my own medicine and learning that conflict is good and feedback is good. And it's important for us to take those steps and learn how to do it in a way that's productive. Yeah. And also accepting our own failures and apologizing and being willing to
1: ask for feedback. Okay. Mike, the other day you and I were talking and you used two phrases. And so I'm going to throw the phrases out here you can talk about them separately or collectively whichever is easier for you i just want to make sure we talk about both of them you talked about the importance of and when we're talking about here loving people well and also serving people well mm. so let's unpack those and whether those are separate conversations for you or whether they're intertwined? I I know ultimately it gets intertwined, but where do you want to go with that?
2: Well, so when I mention let tip lead your approach to employee experience, basically, and tip standing for thoughtful, intentional, and personal, the well component means knowing who you're interacting with, knowing the individuals that you're serving, that you're working alongside of, both customers community. So we talk a lot about at the Talent Magnet Institute, helping reframe success in leadership. And what we're trying to do is shake up the way that leaders think they're supposed to lead to create the greatest ROI, which can also create some of the greatest turmoil. And that's removing emotion out of it and removing care. And we look at relationships, work, community, and life. You can't succeed solely at work and be a happy person if you're failing in everything else, you're not doing well. And people need to recognize that. The advantage of being an executive search is I get them interact with executives all over the world. And I'm always amazed, and to be frank, I'm thankful that I've experienced so many people who have said, made some really bad mistakes putting oh. everything in the career bucket and nothing in the other bucket. Hmm. And as an employer, And as someone who builds teams for others, I think as a human, we need to love all people well, right? And I need to care about the individual that I'm serving on a community, a a committee with, that I'm serving in my organization with, the people that are being impacted by the work that we do, you know, the employees' family. Mm. Miserable, they go home and create a miserable experience for their own family. I want to call leaders to lead and love people in a way that is authentic and that is direct and people can feel the experience of what it's like to be in an environment where they care about me personally, Mm. care about how I show up every day in my relationships, at work, in my community and Mm. in my life Mm. and better. Again, I have the great fortune of interacting with companies who do do this well. And when you talk to their employees, they'll tell you, I would never leave Hmm. for a small increase. It takes something significant. It would almost take my employer to recommend me (laughs) and go into a new environment to ever pry me away from this place of employment.
1: So, Mike, I'm listening to that and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, You have a unique vantage point because you work with executives from all around the world. You work with companies from all over. You work with all shapes, sizes, industries of companies. So what do you see? Well, you were just talking about these leaders that do it well. What do you find as the common characteristics of leaders who love well and who aren't afraid to let their people know they love them and they care for them
2: that is a great question so i will start with typically those leaders are courageous mm. you know courage creates being courageous they have a they're driven by something bigger than themselves and they're willing to go for it mm. so that's one the courageous leaders we need more courageous leaders to step up And to lead well from their vantage point. And B, you know, I tell people often when people create a, they're complaining or they're talking about what they wish would change. These courageous leaders see themselves as the change. Mm. They're not wishing into the future. They're saying, that's why I'm here. Right. Another one is there is a connection around belief of people that people are genuinely good, that humans are genuinely good. And no matter what walk of life, no matter what ethnicity, socioeconomic class, or creed, people are genuinely good. And I'm going to see the good in them and help them be even better. Hmm. Back to the point of those that struggle, we need to care about those that struggle. Instead of saying, last year we spent Seven and a half million, two and a half million, twenty million on turnover. What we could be saying is, you know what? What if we took three million or three hundred thousand, and we're mm. proactively helping our people be more successful? And those that I interact with that have that kind of genuine feel, put their people first and look at the numbers, the ROI, and say, you know what? If we use a fraction of that, mm. yeah it can make a positive impact on the people and that's loving people. The other component is good communicators. People who love well, serve well, take communication personally and they're not afraid to have the conversation. Again, some of that can be courageous, living out their values and showing up, but communicating and looking at it in a way that, honestly, by communicating to some of your employees, you might be the only person who communicates them in their entire work day, mm.
3: entire
2: work week. And by asking them the questions that you referenced earlier, Kevin, by asking them what their aspirations are, what are your dreams, what are your goals, by asking them what they're reading or what TV mm. they're in, by communicating, creating that one-on-one interaction, you're showing people that their lives matter. Mm. And that's really important. And when I say this so some of the individuals who listen to our podcast, we've gotten feedback that we cover a wide range of topics, right? So one of the episodes that we did on knowing your neighbor was really all about Islamophobia.
3: Hmm. And
2: as an employer, an employer may go, well, I'm a Jewish employer. Or I'm a Christian employer. I'm agnostic. Why should I care, right? Well, your workforce may have immigrants in it. They may have Christians in it. They may have Jews in it. They may have Muslims in it. And those are people, to be frank, that are actually creating the quality and the products and the impact to your customer that are impacting your bottom line. That's why you should care. And they're humans. Mm-hmm. All, no matter what they sound like, look like, talk like, communicate like, they're human. And we need to care about humans.
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, I'm watching our time. I don't want it to get away without coming back to something you've said just then and a few moments ago. Just then you used the word successful and you talked about reframing success. But you listening, you've heard me talk about this before. I want Mike to weigh in on this. Why is it important to reframe or what does reframing success mean and why is it important to have your personal understanding, definition of success
2: for you. Mm. So, Kevin, as we launched our podcast, we actually did a press release on executive isolation and mm. loneliness in the C-suite. Mm. It is said that C-suite depression is double the national average, mm. sometimes maybe as much as three times. Mm also said that one of the highest suicide rates, are family business and private business owners that sell their companies has some of the highest suicide rates. And when we look at that, you look at their connection to work and they find their only purpose in work. And maybe they've given up everything else for that business they just sold. For us, it's reframing. Success in leadership is not just about work. It's about how you show up personally. It's about the relationships. You know, do you have 3am friends? I was recently talking to a CEO, a very successful CEO and share with me, Mike, when you ask me if I have any 3am friends in our last meeting, I haven't talked to two people that I would consider 3am friends in probably four years. Wow. And that creates a void in our lives. We want why we're struggling with mental health and illness in our country and drug addiction. And, you know, they say that drugs don't discriminate. And it shows that we need to care about all people that things go after and really think about the way that we determine success. And we need to care about how we show up in the community, that we're giving back, that we're making our community stronger, and that you were looking at it, would you want your kids to lead like you? Mm. Right. Mm. And I struggle with that now as a father of three, you know, the days that I've got high anxiety of being an entrepreneur and I want my kids to look at the work that I do and go, wow, I don't know how I got it all done, but he should joy and passion and love
3: Mm.
2: to us. That's reframing success in leadership. It's not looking at the ROI. You know, a lot of people look at publicly traded companies right now are struggling because they've been chasing chasing the next quarter. Yep. Most people that are, if you're listening to this, you may say, yep, that's exactly why I got out of that publicly traded company. That's why I wish every day we were still private or somebody would take us private. We hear that often Mm. in executive leadership. Mm. It doesn't have to be that way. You can be the change. And that's what we're trying to do with our work of reframing success and leadership.
1: Okay. Mike, You've said so much. There's so many things here. Gosh, we could go for another hour or so. But before we wrap this up, you've said a couple of things. And I'm thinking there are a couple of lines here that may really be resonating with people. So I want to ask you, for the person listening at this moment that's feeling lonely, alienated, isolated, or disconnected at work, and maybe they are the one occupying the corner office. Or maybe they're somewhere else. Well, what would you say? How do you help someone that's feeling isolated, alienated, and disconnected? Let's give them hope before we sign off.
2: Mm. So the first thing I always tell people, Kevin, is you are not alone. Mm. Loneliness and isolation, it wants to make you feel like you're the only one. That's right. You are not the only one, right? So let that be a positive that... Don't feel like you're all by yourself and that nobody understands because, yes, we understand. Right. The other thing for individuals that say, have you ever thought about getting in a roundtable? Mm. Ever thought about getting a coach? I share a lot on our podcast that it's a shame that the way that we have determined success in this world is that we give coaches to those that are failing, not those that are succeeding and not both of those, right? That people need some intimate connection yeah. with someone to help them. And we should be, we do it in high school. We do it on sports teams. And also we go out to the professional life and our teachers, mentors, and coaches, we're not supposed to ask for one, right? Mm-hmm. So ask for one ask that your organization sponsors you to be in a roundtable, whether it's through your local chamber of commerce, whether it's through Vistage or YPO or EO or lots of other groups around the country that are executive roundtables. You deserve that. Mm. And you can tell them I said so. This crazy (laughs) executive search consultant and host of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast said that I should come to you Mrs. CEO, Mr. CEO, Mrs. Head of HR, Mr. Head of HR, and demand that you help me get a coach Mm. or help me get in a round table. So in the corner office, Kevin, we want to interact with people who recognize that they don't know it all. Mm. Stop acting like you know it all. Maybe by not acting like you know it all and asking questions and being inquisitive and calling up your 3AM friend and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a Friday off and you and I, would like to just go golfing, or I'd like to go camping, or I'd like to just spend some time talking to you and having a long lunch. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to have friends as a leader. You need to make that a priority and make that one of your big rocks
1: uh, first. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. So what is left on your heart that you want to say that allows us to put a bow on this conversation now and bring it to a fitting close for you?
2: Well, I think the name of this podcast, Higher Purpose, Hmm. even the name of your podcast, Kevin, inspires me that we need to lead in a way that we're focused on our higher purpose. And I would encourage all of us to think about that. Hmm. Lead in a way where we express gratitude and join the next gratitude challenge. Hmm. We openly express what we're thankful for, why we value others. Another tip that I'll leave with those that are really wanting to lean into this conversation. Every time you pass under a doorway, express something small that you're thankful for. Mm, That's a great one. When you pass under a doorway, express something that you're thankful for. Mm. And then fortunately, you can use hashtag gratitude challenge and share (laughs) that with all of us. Or you can keep it to yourself and journal it and write it down. Yeah. Those are just some things I want to leave leaders with and thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation and hopefully our Talent Magnet Institute podcast community picks up and joins the higher purpose community and we would love nothing more but to invite those that follow the higher purpose community to join
1: ours as well. Absolutely. And so where do people connect with you or learn more about, Talent Magnet Institute, the podcast, Where do we point a mic?
2: Yeah, so we've made this really easy. so go to mike sile jr.com that has all of my social media connections, depending on where you connect with people. Follow me, join me. do give a little shout out if you would that I met you through Kevin Monroe. I would much value that. I'd love to know how people get connected with us, and then it also lists all of our brands. Kevin, I've also provided a couple free downloads for your guest, your listening audience awesome. at mikejr.com, and we update those occasionally. So feel free to check back.
1: All right, thank you so much, Mike. This has been a pleasure.
2: Absolutely, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for all that you do, and keep leading well, my friend.
1: Thank you, Mike. Well, Mike, thanks for joining. And I'm trusting you heard something in our conversation that is helping you thrive or at least awakening you to the idea that thriving is possible at work. Every one of us, not just you, but me too, we have an awe-inspiring opportunity to do something amazing for someone today. Mike mentioned this. That is to listen. I want to ask you, will you join me and invest the time to deeply listen to at least one person today? As Mike said, people want to be listened to. When I heard Mike say that, I was reminded of Philip Stanhope, the fourth Earl of Chesterfield, and something he said many a person would rather you heard their story than grant their request. So, hear someone's story today. That will be one of the most amazing gifts you could give someone. And then there was this moment that it sounded to me as though Mike was channeling Gandhi when he said, don't wait or wish for it to change. Be the change. So I would echo that. Be the change you want to see in the world. Do something today. Hey, you know, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com and yeah, I'm not offended if you pick up the phone and call me 1-678-744-5111 until we connect again I'm inviting you encouraging you to live, love, and lead with purpose
0: Do you have a high-stakes initiative that is stuck, stalled out, or stymied, and you're not sure what to do now and how to forge a path forward? The situation is not as grim as you think it is. We can help. Contact Kevin to explore how a winning conversation may be exactly what you need to break the gridlock, unite your team in purpose, and accelerate traction. Call 678-744-5111 or email kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com.